Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and in today's episode, we're bringing you a Daniel Radcliffe double bill. We're going to review Escape from Pretoria and Guns Akimbo, plus all the latest movie news and our final code word for our first anniversary giveaway. Let's get into it. So, Tim, this week we saw two Daniel Radcliffe movies that are out around the same time. They're both available now. It's Escape from Pretoria, which is a political thriller, I guess you would call it. Yeah, yeah. And Guns Akimbo, which is just an action-packed ride. Yes, which I cannot wait to talk about. But we are going to start with Escape from Pretoria. It's certainly a different sort of pace to Guns Akimbo. (laughs) I think we watched it in the same order, didn't we? We kind of started with the historical drama Mm -hmm. and then went into the sci-fi world of craziness. (laughs) But this is, uh, it's a fantastic film. It's the first feature length from director Francis Anand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really great when you see a first-time director produce Mm -hmm. something of such great quality. Can you tell us a bit about the film? So it's based on the true story of Tim Jenkin, who's played by Daniel Radcliffe, and Stephen Lee, played by Daniel Webber, who were two young white South Africans who were branded terrorists and imprisoned in Pretoria Prison in 1978 for working for Nelson Mandela's African National Congress. What I really enjoyed about this movie is it playing into my my ignorance I don't know much about this time in history. Mm -hmm. And even though it's a very contained story where it doesn't go into a lot of detail, which sometimes you really wanted it to, you wanted to know more about these characters in the history, but it wasn't making that film. It was Mm -hmm. making a, a jail escape procedural thriller, which was fantastic, but it's made me want to, I don't know about you, Mm. uh, do some research and educate myself on this time in South African history. See, on the other side of the coin, you're saying that's the intentional movie that they made. It was just a snapshot of this 
incredible escape from Pretoria yeah. prison. Like it's really quite ingenious, the real, how they did it. It was unbelievable. Like there's been so many jail escape movies or escape movies and I have a soft spot for them. I just love mm. how their characters interact and they think, you know, that's why I love the Ocean's Eleven because it's kind of like, we're going to break in here and we're going to do this mm. and, and, and screw over the bad guy and blah, blah, blah. And I was blown away by, you know, this is a true story. Mm-hmm. Like these, these were the ways that they went about trying to escape the prison. And I was just so, so gripped and like in awe of how intelligent they were and what it took to, mm. to, to do it. It was actually, I can't believe that that's how they escaped. It had me on the edge of my seat, like just a pure tension of not knowing whether they were going to get out or whether they were going to succeed, even though you, you kind of know they're going to succeed because that's what yeah. the movie is called. <laughs> but see, on the flip side, I was disappointed that we didn't get more of a setup for it. You know, it was straight into the action. They were straight into jail. And I just was like, who are these people? What are their motivations? You know, I, I would have liked to have seen more of that political backstory not be so rushed. Yeah, maybe it was more of a story and a snapshot that it lent heavily on the audience already knowing these two people and Mm. their story and the political nature of of South Africa at the time. Mm. So I think maybe it was a little bit lost on us. And instead, maybe the filmmakers thought that, oh, we don't need to go into that detail. They already know they're educated, which I understand because then exposition can get a bit clunky and they probably wouldn't be able to tell that story it's full justice because the story they were telling mm. was the ups and downs of these of these two men or three men trying to escape jail mm. what did you think about the casting and daniel radcliffe as tim jenkin i am fascinated by his choices as an actor i think in a post harry potter world it's almost been a decade since Deathly Hallows Part 2. And I think he's made some really bold, brave, interesting choices. And I think, in my opinion, this is certainly one of them. Mm. He nailed the accent. Yes. Do it. You you don't think he no, did? No, I, no, I think he did. It's just, South African accent is such a tough one. And it's almost, like at the risk of insulting people, it's almost comical to watch in a film. And it can be quite distracting. But that doesn't yes. mean he didn't nail it. He did. He mm. did nail it. It was very, very well done. When you see at the end, they sort of give a picture of who the real people were. And I just didn't see the connection. Like, the real guy looked like Woody Allen. (laughs) And then you've got Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) Maybe it was the beard, because Daniel Radcliffe had a beard in the film. It just felt, yeah, it felt a bit polarizing. Like, oh, he played that guy? He didn't look anything like him. Yeah, but it's also that that guy looked older. I mean, they were both young when this happened, but the picture that they had, he looked, like I said, like Woody Allen. Yeah, (laughs) interesting. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Just to to confirm, Woody Allen is not in Escape from Pretoria. Correct. (laughs) But you didn't have a problem with the accents? No, I, I would love to be able to do the South African accent. I've got a bit of a thing with accents. I just love them. I find Mm. them so fascinating. And I haven't really tried very hard, but I just can't do it. And so I'm just basically in awe of any actor who it's not their native tongue Mm -hmm. that can pull it off. So how many popcorn kernels would you give Escape from Pretoria? I really enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat like you. I love a procedural thriller where it just goes through the motions and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of problem solving and you don't know what's around the corner and you're really invested in these characters achieving their goal Mm -hmm. and the goal was really simple they needed to escape prison and so i'm probably going to give it a solid three and a half popcorn kernels okay i'm going to give it a three i was disappointed that there wasn't a lot of context behind who these people were and what their motivations were but i really enjoyed it It had me on the edge of my seat yeah fair fair call 
So that was Escape from Pretoria, which is, uh, they're both actually local productions, sort of, that we're covering today. So Escape from Pretoria yes. was actually filmed in Adelaide early last year, and Guns Akimbo was actually filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand. Uh, which, I, I, they're very similar accents, even, the Kiwi accent and the South African accent. Mm. I keep going to say South American. But it's not set in New Zealand. No. This is set in the United States. Now, wow, like we couldn't have picked two different films. So we're going to delve deep into Guns Akimbo. We were both really excited. I think we were really captivated by how loud the trailer was and and the stylized. Mm -hmm. We think we're in for a really big treat. Just top line, were you impressed? Like, did you feel like it met your expectations? Oh, definitely. Yes. Yes. Mm. It's what I thought it would be. I think we said it was a bit of a mix of Scott Pilgrim and Crank, possibly. Yeah. It's got a bit of Wanted mixed in as well, that James McAvoy film, you know? Yeah, with Angelina Jolie. Mm. Gee, that's, yeah, that's an interesting comparison. I can actually see that. I had not thought of that. Yeah. So it's a sci-fi thriller where a nerdy game developer, played by Dan Radcliffe, becomes a contestant in an illegal death match that's streamed live online at the top of this film, Mm. you instantly have to suspend belief. Like it is a, like you said, it's a sci-fi thriller. Like it's not real life, but it does echo and Mm. talk about the internet and trolls and violence and people glorifying violence and Mm -hmm. getting entertainment out of violence and mixing ethics and blah, 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 all that Mm. sort of stuff. So it kind of was a commentary on a heightened reality and it's quite unbelievable mm-hmm. but there's so many visual cues that make you understand that it, it, it is not real <laughs> no it's written and directed by jason lay howden who has a lot of previous experience in visual effects so he's worked on the hobbit war for the planet of the apes the avengers even and that really shows in this film i think like mm. incredible action sequences incredible special effects and all done on a low budget very cleverly done Yeah, very cleverly done. I do have to say, though, especially the opening fight scene Mm -hmm. with Nyx, and we'll talk about her in a moment, I felt like it was just a bit much. However, I wasn't... I was preparing. I was just settling into how this film was going to be shot. And so I got used to it more as it went on. I see. Like the use of colour, the the cinematography, the the camera is like flipping and spinning and it's quite invasive and yeah. But see, I love that. It really came in strong and loud and action-packed and I think it just gripped you from the very beginning. And I really love those point of view angles that made you feel like you were in a video game. It really sucked you into that world. I think that was really clever. Yeah, yeah, it certainly did. It was like a video game in a way. Yeah, extraordinary just in the use of color. It's it's larger than life characters and heck, were they larger than life? Yeah. I guess, you know, can we talk about Nix played mm-hmm. by Samara Weaving, who is doing some incredible work in the film industry right now. And this is a pretty interesting choice for her. Look, I love her and I loved her in this. I thought she was fantastic. But I can I just say I hated her eyebrows with a passion. (laughs) The bleached eyebrows. (laughs) God, what was that choice? It was terrible. I mean, there wasn't a lot to like about the character of Nick. So I can appreciate that even her eyebrows really annoyed you because she was quite like... Mm. fucked up in the head yeah but she did it so well she just had so much fun with the character that's a really good point everyone was having fun in this Mm. movie and it just made such a difference because they were in a batshit crazy story there were batshit crazy shit happening everywhere and they were just going with it and i really appreciate daniel ratcliffe's commitment physically to a role Mm -hmm. he just went for it like he was tumbling falling over 
going in and out of bins and, you know, falling down stairs. And, like, he would have hurt every day. With guns screwed into his hands. <laughs> yeah, I that would have been... <laughs> Just from a logistics point of view, filming, just even here, like his character struggled to do anything, yeah. pick up his phone, actually go to the toilet, which was very funny. <laughs> but like, how did Daniel on set? I don't know. I just like, I, I really want to watch a behind the scenes on this film. I think it would be really fascinating. Talking about having fun making it. I think that's what made this movie so great is that it was made on a low budget, but it's like the purest uh, form or motivation of filmmaking. It's just like a bunch of people got together and when you strip back the studio budget and the studio interference and the marketing targets it's just creatives getting together to make something that they would want to watch and that's what makes a good film that's when it shines through really well yeah that you definitely felt that with this film that's such a good point it harkens back to Peter Jackson's early work in New Zealand, you know, where he was just starting out and making movies for him and his friends. And those kind of films are just cult classics. And I think this is another one that will become a cult classic. What was really clear to me watching this film was that it was certainly a passion project Mm -hmm. because there were, there were some really cool, bold ideas and they just did not hold back in the way that they told them visually Mm -hmm. and through the story. And, you know, it was just so fast paced but I think you would feel the same way where sometimes that pacing was a little bit uneven towards the end especially yeah there's opening and closing monologues I felt were not very well written they were a bit displacing I found Mm -hmm. which it's a very small comment because everything in between was pretty great it was just I felt like the the beginning and end narration bled down a bit I was kind of like oh he's Oh, that's all he's going to say? Stop talking? Like, it just felt a bit a bit odd, like there was a line or two of dialogue missing in the bookends of the film. Oh, but okay. other than that, like, I couldn't really fault it too much. Like, it wasn't a perfect film, but it was certainly fun. How good was the music? I really loved the music that was like a, a rock remix of 80s classics. Yeah. So good. I think that, not that I have ever or would ever, because music and film score just carries a film. It plays such an important role in how films can move people. I think this would be a really interesting film to listen without any music. It would just feel really strange. Yeah, think? the music did add a lot. It was such a big character in the film itself, yeah. All right, Lee, how many popcorn kernels would you give Guns Akimbo? I'm going to give it four. It was an action-packed thrill ride from start to finish, and I really enjoyed it. Amazing. I'm not far behind you at three and a half popcorn kernels. Oh, so you're evening it up with Escape from Pretoria. Yeah, yeah, level playing field. Daniel Radcliffe, he's doing some good shit. Yeah, he's good. (laughs) (laughs) Before we all move on to news, shall we drop the final code word in the first anniversary giveaway? Absolutely. So this is week five of our code word and our giveaway. And this week's code word is wild. Obviously, in our amazing gift packs with Like a Boss and Sonic the Hedgehog swag, we've also got the Call of the Wild DVD that you can win as well as the iTunes gift card and your very own Popcorn Podcast mug. So you know what to do. Head to our website, popcornpodcast.com. Put in your details, this week's code word wild, and you're going the chance to win. And moving on to news... This week it was announced that a sequel to Labyrinth is officially in the works. There's been talk about this before. Um, And it's coming from the Jim Henson company who did the original. So Scott Derrickson, who left the Doctor Strange sequel, has been tipped to direct. It's an interesting choice. Yeah, it is an interesting choice. I have a confession to make. I actually haven't seen Labyrinth. Oh, Lee. I'm shaking my very, head. She's looking, very, she's looking at me well, do you know very what? displeased. Do you know what, though? I'll forgive you because Labyrinth is a very generational thing. 
and we have a, we have an age gap between us, so that's that's acceptable. But it shouldn't be. I I <laughs> I love cinema, and it's a cult classic, and I should do my part. So the original movie in 1986 starred Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie as the Goblin King. Now, obviously, sadly, David Bowie has passed away, so he won't be stepping back into that role. And the casting is going to be a highly charged topic. Who would you think could replace David Bowie? Well, I don't think that they should do that. Does the story beg to have his character return? I would say so, yes. I would say say it's it's a situation where the Goblin King needs to return. Okay, so without having put too much or any thought to this, not now, but maybe 10 or 15 years ago, I would consider Johnny Depp. Mm. Who's the actor who plays it? Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Well, see, like he. <laughs> this is where it comes into the fact that you haven't seen the film because the Goblin oh, okay, King right. is actually quite charismatic. He's not, he's not, oh, he's okay. not a creepy horror situation. So Interesting. Okay. You think of David Bowie, you think of, you know, uh, Ziggy Stardust. I would go with someone like Adam Lambert. Could there be an opportunity to gender flip that? Totally. Like, could could you have like Lady Gaga in there? Totally. Or oh my god, amazing yeah. choice, amazing choice. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. Absolutely love it. Now, Palace Cinemas have actually announced that they're going to be the first Aussie chain to reopen on July second, and that's a, that's ahead of others who were planning to reopen closer to Tenet's July sixteen release. But then Cinema Nova in Melbourne is actually aiming for June twenty two, depending on state restrictions lifting. Tenant is something we bring up every week, and my Facebook feed, my Instagram algorithm, like all things that are talking at me is all about Tenet. I guess it's just the film that the whole industry is just leaning Mm. into. Will it be released? How wide will it bring cinema back on its feet? And I know that we're just, you know, sitting pretty to find out what happens, but, you know, this is positive. I'm excited. We can't wait to get back into the cinema, can we? Yeah, I just, I can smell, taste, feel the popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Sonic the Hedgehog, we brought out you a review of that a couple of weeks ago. It has now been officially greenlit that they're going to make a Sonic 2. Mm-hmm. So it's currently in pre-production. It's begun with director Jeff Fowler. He's back on board. And fingers crossed, I know that we really, really appreciated Jim Carrey's role mm. in the first Sonic film. So hopefully he's back too. I'd love to see him back. Now, after the success of Universal's Invisible Man, they're pushing ahead now with their reimagined monster burst. So originally it was going to be an interconnected universe. They're now going for more standalone stories that aren't connected, which I think is a really smart move. It's a better way to go. They're going to be bringing Wolfman, which stars Ryan Gosling. That is an interesting piece of casting. Mm, I like it, though. I mean, Ryan Gosling, you know, there are a few films where he has been very charismatic and, you know, the pretty boy and whatnot. But then he also plays that very, straight Mm. like subdued pulled back and he has a lot of intensity behind him Mm -hmm. he's gonna have to go not camp that's not he's gonna have to go you know he's playing a wolf man for goodness sake Mm. like he has he done anything remotely in that sort of space before like it's it should be good i'm keen but not convinced i don't think he's ever done a role where he would have to lose himself visually right oh you know what i mean with like profound statement yeah CGI and all that kind of thing. I have a feeling if The Invisible Man is anything to go by, this take on it is probably going to be 
incredibly dark and probably quite gruesome. I think I'm really keen to to see that vision come to life, hopefully. There doesn't seem to be a director attached yet, but I'd love it if Lee Wannell came back on board and it was a Blumhouse production. Oh, he just does them all. He does the new MonsterVerse. Don't care. Love it. (laughs) That's a really good idea. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. Well, Lee, that's another jam-packed episode of Popcorn Podcast. It is. Don't forget to get on the website and put in your code word to win the prize pack. It's an excellent prize pack. And like and subscribe while you're there, please. Yeah, and share (laughs) it with your friends. And you'll be uh, sharing a cup of tea with your Popcorn Podcast mug with friends anyway. And they'll be like, what's that? And you'll tell them all about this fantastic (laughs) podcast. Justice Cinemas are ready to open and we'll send you that, you know, great red carpet content that we always do that I miss. Lee, you shared, I liked it, you shared the um, throwback to us going to the Cats premiere. Mm -hmm. And didn't you comment, like, if only we knew what we were heading into? (laughs) Like, fuck, that was a wild ride. (laughs) Should should this be one of the ones that the fandom shouts bring back the butthole cut? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) First, there was the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Then the butthole cut of Cats. (laughs) I swear there's only tea in our popcorn podcast mugs this morning, not alcohol. Yeah. Look, I'm all for creative license, but I don't think I need to see the butthole cut of Cats leave. Sorry. All right. That's it for this week. On that note. (laughs) Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.